Welcome to the Joy of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Dr. James Taylor. On this podcast, we explore the passion and purpose of leadership. And we do so by talking with recognized leaders who do not merely have jobs, but men and women who have been called to their chosen sphere of influence. All right, Joel. Hey, it's great to have you here. Thank you for having uh, me. Our, our podcast is the joy of leadership, and we we kind of craft out uh, the idea about you know being a leader. There's a responsibility. There certainly is a privilege as well. Um, but I would love to be able to kind of jump in on your leadership. So give us a little bit of background. You are are a high end attorney. You're working in some pretty unique uh, areas. Uh, give us a little bit of background on kind of what you currently do. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. My name is Joel Ferdinand. I'm a global general counsel and managing partner of the law. Excuse me, managing partner of litigation of the law firm Fisher Boyles. Uh, so. I manage the litigation department. I'm doing risk management for the firm uh, on the day-to-day. I'm, I'm one of a handful that, that run the back offices. Um, it's a tremendous job. It's a lot of fun, but, but you're right. With leadership comes a lot of responsibility, and it's, it's definitely a challenge. And your law office is not just in the U.S. You're all around the world, right? Sorry, yeah. So we have 25 locations uh, throughout the world. We're in London, uh, soon to open Hong Kong and Paris. It's on the horizon. Just opened Delaware two weeks ago. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been an exciting ride. And is your, is your hand in each of those openings? Like, are you, are you a part of that process? I, I always try to be. Yeah. So we have a global corporate head that handles most of the international. Thank goodness for him. Yeah. Uh, Michael Pearson, he's incredible. And, and the rest of the management team. And then, uh, yeah, particularly, particularly on the state side. Okay. So are you still, are you, do you still have to log a lot of miles flying, flying all I do. over the you world? Know, listen, yeah. with COVID, it certainly slowed down, right? right. So, so it used to be management and then court for what I was doing for court. Court, um, court by and large has slowed down because it's mostly Zoom now, right. uh, which has been somewhat tremendous. Right, great for the clients. There is a freeing that took place with a, with a lot of with a lot of the business community, uh, where we did learn that a lot of our meetings could yeah. really be on Zoom. Like like there, I can't tell you how many people. Uh, who I have around here who own their own companies who have either given up storefronts because they recognize they didn't have a storefront uh, or they have now consolidated their trips where they've discovered, hey, we can actually meet, you know, over over Zoom rather than Yeah, well, so I'll tell you, I I joined this law firm, Fisher Boyles, um, oh my gosh, nine years ago, June 21st to 13, because it was different, Right. right? At the time, smaller law firm, about 68 lawyers, um, mostly AMLAW, lawyers, so the largest 200 mm-hmm. firms mm-hmm. in the in the country, that were sick of it. They were sick of overcharging their clients, sick of not having any control over their lives or their business, uh, and, and they found something better, and this was something better. So we were founded 20 years ago on the operational um, on the operational bases of remote work. Okay. Right? So this is nothing new for us. In fact, during oh. COVID, we were business as usual, which was jarring, uh, whereas the world was the world. I mean, nothing has changed. If so anything, that, we've accelerated. Mo- that model already existed. Yeah. And that's actually, that's actually what attracted you to them. That's exactly right. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, so, so you, you know, didn't fast, have to reset. No. So fast forward with COVID, nothing changed. So look, so as a leader and, and as leaders at the firm, we, we talk to our teams more. Uh, we called frequently, just wanted to make sure everyone was okay. This is something new, scary, right? But from a work perspective, truly nothing changed. From our litigation perspective, court slowed down. But the court slowdown was simply, now you will appear on Zoom. You know, ah. the, the crazy anomaly coming out of COVID, no one ever cared what I looked like pre-COVID. <laughs> and now everyone's like, 
Let's have a Zoom meeting. <laughs> Can you wear a suit? I hate wearing suits. Right, right. Yeah, you're wearing a blazer. It's probably only the second or third time I've seen you That's in a right. That's right. <laughs> Which is a riot. Court and funerals only. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know Joel, the man's also got some serious tats. I mean, yes, he's got some, I'm covered. He's got some sleeves, right? You know, I, I love the duality of it. So, you? so under this, you just don't know. That's I, right. I love the idea of it. Right, right. That's cool. Um, all right, so, so now you've been with Fisher Boils now for, for nine years. Nine years. Uh, walk us through, so, so our show, we work with the idea of the joy of leadership, mm-hmm. but in my career, as you know, I work with young people professionally. It's what I do, and, and I'm constantly giving advice to students like, hey, you don't need to know 17 steps ahead. You know, just be faithful in this next one. So, so tell us a little bit about kind of the inception of why you went into law. Was that actually your initial direction or were you heading a di- different direction? I'd love to just kind of hear that story of where that starts. So you, you want to laugh. My, my faith story is, I, I guess, somewhat not unique. So I, I, I just, I fell from the Lord more in college, mm-hmm. um, really focused on college and career and worshiping the wrong things, to mm-hmm. be frank. Um, I was like that for a long time, but when I was a kid, it was never like that. Right. I could feel God, felt his presence in church. I, I, was, I was there constantly because I wanted to be. Right. Um, wanted to be a lawyer since I was seven years old. So you've, you have. So you've wanted to be a lawyer your whole life. That's, that's Is that so, crazy? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, it's the only thing that's ever made sense to me. Um, gutturally, when I'm presented with a problem, the solution legally tends to make the most sense for me. Always has. I don't know why. Hmm. Right. I, I just I believe in God giving gifts. Right. He gives us gifts uh, to speak or write or, or research or be analytical. This just made sense for my brain. Right. Um, so I started kind of young. I listened for the longest time. I was thinking maybe doctor and lawyer. And then I discovered I a couple of friends who are. Yeah. I discovered blood. Right. Not my I had to give blood <laughs> yesterday. Dude, listen, not my thing. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, fast forward, we did law school. I met my wife, actually undergrad. I met my wife, Robin. Okay. Uh, the last year of college, and then I moved. I went to law school in New York. Um, we didn't see each other very much that first year. I transferred back to Rutgers to be closer to her. Uh, we got married a few years later, and then that was history. And, and listen, I, you know, I, I substitute here every now and again, right? And, and I make sure to tell the younger kids, uh, usually my son Finn's class, right? Don't do what I did, right? I, I had a an older Hebrew student I played golf with a few months ago say, you know, I just I look up to you as a mentor. I said, don't look up to me as a mentor. I said, look, you, you're, you're seeing my life today. You're not seeing my life the last 40-something years. Sure. Right? I think we, we live forward to be good, strong leaders and good Christian role models and good evangelists. Uh, but it's a, it's a hard ride, right? Right, uh, right. Particularly when you're being a leader. There's but a lot know, of downward stress. That's actually something I've, I have really, I've really respected with you is that your faith journey is active, right? So, so you've yeah. been really honest with me about, hey, yeah. some of the areas where you don't have things figured out, yeah. you know, <laughs> where, where you're, and unfortunately with both of us, right, those areas are larger than probably the areas where we do have things figured Absolutely. out. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I love that idea that, that you're not trying to put forward uh, some false person who, who has it all figured out. Frankly, I think that's what is attractive, right? That, that people see that to say, hey, here's a guy who's very financially successful mm-hmm. and yet also really honest about that. But I think you have to be. Look, I mean, truly, I, I tell the kids all the time, you always get the question, how much money do you make? Right. It's a no-no question. It doesn't matter. Right. And I'm not being cute. It does not matter. It all comes from him, right? right? So it really doesn't matter. That's the part of my life that I was able to control. It's a part of my life that I was able to plan. 
the older I get, the more I realize that my plans are meaningless. Right. Right. It, it's up to him and it's up to him to open the doors and show us where, where we might go with, with, with that proper nudging. Um, I don't know what the next 60 years hold. Sure. God willing, I'm alive that long. Work, work is not a stress for me. Right. Work, I know what, what's going to happen at work. It's all the other stuff. And to put God and family first, sure. that's hard. What do you enjoy most about your role, about what you do? Because <clears throat> like, really, clearly you enjoy it. I love the people. Okay. Right? So genuinely. So in my, I wear a bunch of hats at the company, like any business leader mm -hmm. does, right? On the general counsel side, it's risk management. And it's people calling me, believing for whatever reason, and it's often not true, that they've made a mistake. And I love that calming sure. environment. So, so one of the greatest things I love about praying, listening to the Bible, it gives me calm, mm -hmm. right? Even in the midst of a storm, something could be going on with Robin or Finn or whatever, it just gives me a few seconds to be like, listen, it's not me. I have no control. Sure. He's got me. Right. It's going to be okay. I love that ability to, to talk to people through that lens, mm. right? So, and you're there at the crossroads. I mean, always. When they're calling you to consult, it, something bad it's, is taking Oh my gosh, do we hit the red button? Right. right? And listen, it, it's not just internal. So I do this for clients as well. Sure. And then the firm as a whole for, from strategic planning, you know, fiscal year budgeting, um, the, the planning in and of itself, strategic planning, business verticals. It's what you look at and you mm -hmm. have to adjust. I've always been really good in an emergency because sure. I can find calm in a storm. Right. That's from him. Right. It has nothing to do with right. me, but that's that one time I can find calm. So I love doing that for other people. They don't know where it's coming from. They think it's me, and, and I won't pop in and say, well, it's, it's God. Right. Not right away. Right. But I'll listen, and I'll immediately react. So I, you know, I tell all clients, it's my funny shtick for, for decades. I take anti-anxiety medication, so you need not. <laughs> don't want you stressed at night, right. freaking out. That's when mistakes happen. Right. Uh, truly, I mean, that, that's one of the, it's one of my favorite aspects of my job, but it goes hand in hand with the relationship building. Sure. Right. So I love the people aspect right. of the job. Right. I, 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 you know, in, in my role working with, working with students of, of all ages in, in my current school, pre-K through 12, mm -hmm. uh, I've often said uh, when I'm going through a difficult time with a student, Let's say they've made a, a big fat mistake. You know that that they're gonna. They're gonna going be some to consequences. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah. Good kids make you know make bad choices. Good adults right? make bad choices. Sure, sure. absolutely. <laughs> and, and I've always thought though that I have the privilege when I'm when I'm there at the yeah. crossroads with them. I feel like boy, that 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 the Lord has privileged me to be here at this point where this kid has got in trouble for X or Y, uh, and and now there's parents who are freaking out. There's you know the kids wondering what's going to happen, and just being able to be a calming influence in there and to recognize that God does direct our steps. It's and He's going to give us wisdom. You know, uh, it is. It's 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 extraordinary. It it really truly is. I. I and, and yours is like a corporate application of that, which I've never thought of that in all the time yeah. we've known each other. But it, it, you're at the crossroads and I've been at the crossroads and, and, um, and you get to be that calming influence. Now, your story is unique because most of the people that I've had on the show, uh, they say, hey, I was you know, planning to be a such and such and now I'm a this, you know. And, and so rarely do I have that person who says, hey, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer from, from elementary school and now I've pursued this. What was I thinking? Well, but, but how cool is that? <laughs> no, that really, I love that it. That's I where do. your design has been. You know, it, it's, um, my, wife, my wife would tell you, whom you know well, uh, Joel works like a machine. I don't know what that means. I think everyone works like me, mm -hmm. right? God gave me certain abilities. So when I was a kid, 
If I made an error, you, know, you remember back in the day, you had to write things out five times in right. your spelling words. Sure. If I made an error, my mom rips it up and makes me do it over. I have horrible ADHD. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was when I was a kid. Right. And it, it's my mom, through her faith and praying on it and, and kind of working with me in a way that made sense for her, for my brain, that taught me how to focus. Mm-hmm. I mean, focus. I, I said, that's 20 hours a day and not sure. move and be 100% focused. But listen, that comes from him. That's right. Right? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a unique way to live, but I love it. And, mm-hmm. and listen, that's what makes me love it with the people. I want my, my crew to know, because they're my team. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not staff. They're mm-hmm. team. They're family to me, mm-hmm. right? Or my partners are partners. Our staff are family. They're family. I want my family to know they can call me 24-7. And, and I, I'm curious as to what you think. I, I'm sure you find it difficult as well. Like, listen, God, family, work. Right. It, that's a difficult thing coming up, particularly at the ages we're at, because we still have a ways to go. And it's so countercultural. So countercultural. You know, we're, like, like really, and it feels like the older I get, the, the more I realize that's countercultural, mm-hmm. is that there is no division of time. No. That's one of the balances, and frankly, this is a, this is a great point of discussion. Not with this us. thing. Right, not with the cell phone, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I say this phrase all the time, be where you are. And I've actually appreciated that about you, that here, here you, you know... I, I know who you are in your day-to-day work life. Uh, a lot of the kids just see you as the fun guy with all the tattoos who yeah. comes in and plays with them. and Passes works out in the, the candy. Yeah, like works in the... But, but, but also like serving, right? I mean, you've got a real servant's heart. You're serving in the cafeteria. You're, like you, you don't just have to do fancy jobs, which I've always really appreciated, you know? I'd rather not do the fancy... Listen, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I say it all the time. You know, we didn't start tithing until I got older, right? right. It, it just fundamentally... I wasn't, I wasn't there. It, right. it, it, it was a horrible mistake on my part, right? I love giving, but I always love giving anonymously. And it's the same as serving. I'd rather be behind the scenes, right? right? And it, listen, it's the same in leadership. Yeah. If my team has a win or success, it is my team's success. Right. And I'm going to brag on them to no That's end. Right. If there's a failure, it is on me. Right. And it has to be. Yeah. That's the only way to it's lead. the same way I lead. Yeah. So that, that model of be where you are, like... When you're when you're in your social setting, be social. Yeah. When you're at work, it's time to work hard. Listen, it's hard though, right? It I mean, is. there there are so many competing pulls. I That's mean, right. my my biggest career struggle has been. I'm able to put my my wife and my son first, but having them feel that is mm-hmm. something very different. It's the truth. When I could be working 19 That's to 20 right. hours. That's right. And particularly if you enjoy what you do. Right. Uh, you know, I, and again, you know. I think I did it really poorly in my 30s, to tell you the honest goodness. Oh, I definitely did. Uh, and, and, and not having that work-life balance. I happen to like work. My wife used to, she used to joke with me all the time, if you weren't married, I think you'd just set a cot up in your office. And that's probably true, you know? I mean, I like what I'm doing. So that idea of the balance is crucial, you know, which I, which I think is important. Particularly when you're doing something you're passionate about, which you clearly are. I know that I am as well. We wouldn't be doing it otherwise. That's right. right? That's right. So, so let's chat about this. Uh, we've talked to, uh, kind of a little bit about the idea of uh, the blessings that God brings to our lives from a financial perspective as well. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that I chat with, I mean, just because my circle is mostly guys, but that I speak with a lot of guys about is the idea of how to balance uh, the funds that God bless us with and when does blessing cross over to materialism? How do we balance those pieces out? What are the analytical processes that we go through to make sure that that purchase or that, you know, that that's still in accordance with, with, with God's direction in our lives. This, this is where I can take that? off my headphones and walk out. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now listen, it, it, it's, um, uh, uh, to be really, really frank, like my, my, my management style, my lifestyle in, in, in my forties now is just to be genuine, authentic, and honest, no matter what. 
if I'm being genuine, authentic, and honest, I'm horrible at this, right? I, at least I, I was for years. So mm -hmm. when we move from New Jersey, I'm not exaggerating. Everyone thinks that I'm kidding when I say it. Doc, we had $500 left. Mm. It was it. That's right. We, we prayed, we were going to make it, or we weren't. And this is at a time where I, I was getting back with my relationship to God, but right. I'm going to be honest, I wasn't going to church. That's right. I, I, I couldn't find a church home. I felt very lost. I was angry all of the time about everything. And I thought money was the answer. It's not. It's not. Um, so w when we moved, you know, I'm, I'm planning, okay, $500, but, but this is coming in next month, and, and, and what's going to happen? Because I, I joined a, a, a law firm model where I don't have a salary. Right? To eat what you kill. We're either going to do really well or we're not. And in very short order, God tremendously blessed us. Right. This was the right move for us. Right. Um, and, and really moving down, Robin kept on saying, it is the devil that does not want us down here. All the things that are happening, the car is breaking down. Don't worry about it. Right? She was right. Sure. I didn't see it then, but she right. was right. So, so now, look, um, first... 10% off the top always. Mm -hmm. Always. Right? And, and it's not just because the Bible says so. Mm -hmm. So I used to think that was the answer. Right? It's in black and white. It's here. This is the truth. Do it. As an attorney, I question everything. Mm -hmm. As a kid, that, that doesn't bode well in Sunday school. Right? Sure. As an adult, it's different. I've learned now it's not just because it says so. Man, it feels good. Absolutely. I got to tell you, on, on an annual basis, this is a conversation Robin and I had recently. I'm trying to make more money to give more that's away. Right. It's not to keep. Yeah. And, and people think that's insane. It's not insane. To, to watch a dollar be used anonymously for someone that needs it and watch them come to Christ because of it, why else are we here? Well, and, and, and I think a lot of times people misinterpret money because I think oh, yeah. money controls people's lives in so many situations. And that is true of people who have money and people who don't have money. Mm -hmm. And so, so money can be a, a sinful proposition. Oh, yeah. And sometimes people misinterpret that saying, well, that's only true of people who have money. No, no. Even people who don't have money, if money rules your world, rather than Christ being the center of your you're life, gonna be miserable. you're going to be miserable because you've misinterpreted the direction you're supposed to go. That is something in my life, in my journey with God, that I, it was so palpable and I didn't realize until Rob and I got in a big fight one day. And, and I'm, I was notorious at, at this point in my relationship. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. We make all this money. Aren't you happy? No, she didn't want the money. She wanted me. Right. Um, it took me years to, to realize that I was just chasing the wrong thing. And like the stuff, stuff doesn't matter. Right. Like you hear me tell the kids this all the time. Like you get in a car accident. Are you okay? Is, is the person you hit okay? That's all I care about right. genuinely. Cause it's just stuff and it stinks. Look mm -hmm. that, that earthly stress of being able to, to pay your mortgage and, and pay for school. I get it. Those are real, right? It's real. No Those matter how real. much money you make. That's right. I'm starting to learn that if I if I plan financially, right, there's still an element, I think, of human planning, but have faith in God. Mm -hmm. Everything just works itself out. That's right. And, and I got to tell you, as a kid, my mom used to say this, gosh, she's going to wash this and, and she's going to make fun of me. <laughs> she used to drive me crazy when she said that because I'd say, mom, you still have to actively work towards something. Right. And she said, oh, of course you do. And I couldn't, I could not have the two things really connect right and as an adult i'm starting to see they really really do right. connect and and this is the this is the like I, I wish that we learned this lesson one time and it was done right i 
I've never met anyone bright enough to do this. This is a nail that doesn't sink. Like we've got to keep hitting this nail. If Christ is going to be the center, we have to constantly reevaluate what are the things that keep us from Christ being the center. And, and in some cases it's work, but it's not as work isn't evil. But sometimes we can approach work, and if we don't understand yeah. that God's in it, and that's where you're finding that balance. With finances, one of the biggest things, when my wife and I were first married and we chose to go into Christian education, we just kind of assumed that would be a pledge of poverty. You know, of so, course, so sure. we, we knew from a kind of an Old Testament perspective that 10% is kind of that minimum. And so 10% when we were a young couple, I mean, it's I a lot of it was money. a real sacrifice. Like, it, it is. It was a real but sacrifice. Listen, th- that's the difference between certain groceries of having a car or not, I, right. I really, I get it. Yeah. And so as we've gotten older and, 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 you know, stabilized our finances and making a little bit more, uh, that idea of sacrificial giving that 10% is where it starts. And I know you live this way because I've watched you for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but the idea of that's where it starts. Sacrificial giving is giving over and above. Uh, I, I've got a dear friend of mine who's a mentor, uh, of mine on really kind of how to live life and how to maintain balance. And he said, he said, we now try to spend as much time planning on how we will give as we do on the next trip we're going to take or this other thing. And is that incredible? It is. I love it. Like, and so they're, they've at, they've, they're at this spot where they've now planned their finances where they're giving away around 40% of their income That's incredible. each and every year. Uh, the family that started Welch's, you know, they started and they were, a re- they, yeah. his whole goal in starting that company was to reverse tithe. And mm-hmm. so he actually tied 90% and kept 10%. Now, he, and he was very clear about it. He said, hey, listen, I still live in a mansion. I still sure. drive nice cars. And listen, uh, that's okay. None of those things are wrong. It's only wrong when money controls us. And, and, but I would imagine, uh, I, know th- I know this is true for me, there are times we slip back into that, right? Where we this is a hard trap for the unwary. It is. It's a hard trap. And this is something I pray about daily. I, I, you know, I would say there's not a guy out there. You're in your forties. I'm in my early fifties. There's not a guy out there in our age range that isn't battling with this on some level that we have to determine. What are some of the key strategies then? For for I, mean, I know that you're you're in this journey. So am I. Yeah. What are some of the key strategies that you use and some things that are most important for you? I make it a point, and I'll be honest. I've been horrible at this the last four days, but I have a Bible app on my phone. Mm-hmm. I do the 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 chronological plan this sure. year. Yeah. So last year I just I did it start to finish. This year, I'm, I'm doing it in chronological order. And, and listen, it, it's it's giving me, for the, the way my brain works, exactly what I wanted to sure. get out of it. I do that first thing in the morning and help center me. And then throughout the day, really, to be to be completely frank, it's my wife. Sure. Robin is my rock. You married I, up, I mean, man. God absolutely put her in, in a place in my life, not just when I needed her, but right. I mean, Lord, do I need that woman. Right. Um, she's, my, she's my sounding board. She's my rock. Right. So. This is stuff from, from a, a marital relationship, which I think is, is really you know, the closest to, to God that right, you can right. really it's be. It's a central right? human relationship we have. It, it is, it's changed everything in my life. It, she's, my, she's my center. We want to go buy something. I talk to her about it first. Like, listen, I know we don't need this. It'd be a fun thing to have. Like, are we going to buy a vacation house? Like, right. what, if we're blessed enough to do it, we right. don't need a vacation house. Right. Should we do it? What do we do with it? Can we use right. it as a mission? And then we, we really start to, to noodle on it and pray on it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll look for signs. So even the house we're in now, listen, I, we bought a house the size of the house because I work from home. I wanted mm-hmm. a very large office with a separate ingress and egress. And we found the perfect house that had that, but it's a little big. Mm-hmm. We prayed on it hard and, and, and figured out, all right, if we're really going to do this, it has to be a, a push and an urge from God. Sure. 
And if we have it, we'll make sure to live our life in, in that way. And, and listen, we did. So we've used the, the bottom floor for a 12 stone at home mm -hmm. uh, for months and months. Of the, we call them the kids, the 30-something group. <laughs> uh, recently stopped it, but they, they, they're sporadically visiting now. Uh, they're all back in church post-COVID. But uh, that's you, important. Yeah. You have other family members who are staying with you? Uh, yes. You know, I mean, yes. You, yeah, which I got to tell right. you, it's like the greatest thing in the world. So right. my nephew, who's a sophomore at, at Hebron, for those that don't know, what a blessing. Right. And, and, that's, and, and listen, nine years ago when we moved and we had $500 left, we went to downsize. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be a slower way of life, less hours. We're not going to do the rat race anymore. Right. right. Um, not a rat race because I've, I've really changed the way I live. I'm not angry all the time. Right. right? So it's fun. Yeah. Uh, but God had a plan. Right. He, he had a plan at inception. Yeah. And it's so hard, dependent upon the season you're in it in your life to see it sometimes. That's right. You know, the, the, your house is a perfect example of the idea that you can take something and, and completely use it for the Lord. Oh, absolutely. It's not, it's, there's nothing wrong with having that. That just can't be the center. Listen, and, and, and it's a weird thing. Like, like still, like my parents are coming to visit tomorrow and they want well, my mom. Oh my gosh, the house. It's just stuff. Yeah. It doesn't That's matter. Right. That's right. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, um, the Bible talks about gift, you know, having gifting. And, and when I, go through, and I don't know if you've ever done a spiritual assessment. Uh, no, I haven't. You should, I'm telling you. I'm going to get you one after this, Joel. Uh, but the spiritual assessment, and for me, it's teaching and administration, mm -hmm. and, and that, that's not a surprise, because literally that's where the Lord's had me my whole life, teaching and administering. And, uh, and, but what, but what, a lot of times what people miss in there is that giving is actually a gift. Oh, absolutely. And, and I've met certain people, you're one of them, uh, who really and truly, they take such joy and giving, it's literally a spiritual gift. And it's I my think, wife. Is it? Okay, well, you Listen, were gifted so with Robin. I, I never taught, so I watched my mom. My dad's Jewish, my mom's Christian. Yeah. Always at church growing up, but my dad never went to temple, mm -hmm. uh, which is fine. So I was raised both, to learn both, out of respect for my father, but I was a Christian. Um, and I watched mom tithe her own money, not dad's. And, and you know, my dad's, oh my gosh, it's going to be 78 in December. Yeah. 78. Do you know, it's just in the last, I mean, 10, 11 years that I can remember, hey, Pat, did, did, did you pray for me today? I'm like, I'm like, listen, that's my old man. Like, that's awesome. huge. And, and watching my mom do it, it's not something my dad did. To grow up in that environment like Finn, <clears throat> my, my, my biggest chore with Finn is teaching him not to give away 100% of 100%. Sure. Like, buddy, you still have to be able to live. God wants you to live. Right. He would give everything. That's amazing. Like that's right. that, that shows me we're doing something that's right. right. At least growing up with I, that example. I, yeah, look, I almost feel like I'm making up for the last how many years. And, and really, look, I, I know God forgives. He, he, he grants grace. I practice grace daily at work because of him, right? But you read the Old Testament and you read how um, almost ignorant the people were. I mean, listen, God is in a, is, is in a cloud with fire above a tabernacle. Right. And the second he stops talking, well, he's not really there. That's right. We're no better. Right. Right. So, so it's, it's that constant reminder for me and, and God, I know, you, I know you've forgiven. Mm -hmm. I get it. But I, 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 it's not about me proving to, to get somewhere. It's about me making up for, for messing up. That's right. right? I, I'm in the Old Testament in my devotions right now as well. And, uh, and, and this morning I'm in the Old Testament and sometimes we can lose track of it and say, well, how could they continue to miss God? Like, how do they, you set up that you like this morning was the golden calf section and you're like, how, how are you setting up this gold? Like, how does that work? This is the same one who but fed you But then you, you open up the like, newspaper the, and, and right. you're surprised. 
Right, and that's just it, right? So we're not, we're, we may not be worshiping golden calves, but in so many regards, it's we're worshiping other things, you yeah. know, that we place other things first. So tell me about the, about the faith journey then with a Jewish dad, Christian mom. Yeah. Uh, explore that for just a minute. Like, how, so, how is that, how did that happen? And how is your now very active faith, how is that an example for dad as well? It's, it's been interesting. Um, so growing up, a really wonderful household. I, I really have great parents, right? So I'm in my 40s. I'll, I'll criticize. Every kid does. <laughs> Finn will criticize me someday. Sure, absolutely. But not truly. I have excellent parents. They're wonderful human beings. Um, dad was me. Um, still works 100 hours a week. Mm. Well, he won't stop. Um, I had a medical scare a couple of years ago. Still working like that. Wow. Uh, he loves... He just loves going in. Right. He, he, he loves, uh, he's a sales, salesperson. He loves to sell. He loves the idea of the business. Uh, I very much grew up watching that and, and not idolizing it, but, but really looking up to it because I saw in, in my father the superhero that provided for his family. Sure. It imported to you a good right. work. Like, really, I mean, before my 40s, I, I can count on two handfuls of times how many times dad said I love you. It's just mm-hmm. not his language. Fine. <laughs> Mom is me. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, right. 18,000 times a day. Um, <clears throat> really great relationship with God. Um, had a father that walked out on her. Um, my mom's mom, my mame, very, very stoutly religious, knew the Bible. My mom knows the Bible. She's in the Word every day. Um, <clears throat> so it's been exciting now on the back end. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Um, now that I'm getting older and she's seeing me raise right. Finn Shame. and have Jameson, my nephew, in the house, and see what an impact this has had. Because listen, I've changed the way I live my life. Yeah, there's a softer Joel, it sounds like. Oh, uh, yeah. it, it's, uh, I'm, a different, I'm a different human being. And, and look, from the business perspective, I always had the business acumen. God sure. always gave that to me. So I, I used to, like the funny joke, everything he touches turns to gold. It had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. It, never. And listen, we make mistakes. You learn from your mistakes. You adjust. You apologize. You move on. Right. Um, as a leader, I think you have to. But he was always there. And not in the background. There, even when I wasn't looking. Right. right? Not, not dissimilar to the Old Testament. Um, now, so my dad had a, a big medical scare a couple of years ago. He's fine, thank God. Um, things are very different with him and I. So because I'm in a different headspace and I've been able to reflect a little more on growing up and the Bible, I've had very severe apologies to dad. Mm-hmm. Right? I was a, was a kid that thought I knew everything. Mm-hmm. Probably, well, I know it is. Very frustrating for him. Um, I had a very, very visible tattoo with a Bible verse and a cross on my wrist. And that's the first time I've ever done a visible tattoo because for the first time in my life, I don't want to hide. Right. I want people to see me and identify me not as a lawyer first. I, I want to be identified as a child of God, mm-hmm. as a husband, as a dad, as a son, and then a worker. And is that making him ponder? Is that making him really kind of think through what yeah. this looks like? We, we had like a very real real conversation like the kind of conversation i'd have with my wife probably three or four weeks ago Great. and listen like hopefully he doesn't watch this i mean he shut down yeah and he was like all right i'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go get the mail i'm like dad i'm, I'm pouring my heart out to you i'm asking you why you think we're both structured like this like when's enough enough for us financially like i'm questioning everything in my life and you're 35 years my senior what do you think and he just couldn't. Too much, huh? So I suspect that's a conversation we'll have this yeah, week, you know, over a nice right. tea. But I, I think it's a it's a wonderful thing. I'll tell you, if my relationship with God was not as strong as it is now, and it can certainly be stronger, right? I strive for that every day. I don't think I'd ever be able to have a conversation like that with my old man. That's right. 
That's I mean, right. really, and like that's redeeming to me because I, I had I had these self-imposed demons for years, like remembering childhood and my dad not being there. He was always there. He was sure. just working. He was working. Yeah, it, it's interesting, right? How how we are designed, and, and it's so intriguing too to see how that flows over into our parenting style. Oh my gosh! And we try to fix things. You know, my parents, I can say the same thing. Like truly, just gem of people. My mom, my mom passed away about a year and a half ago. I'm so sorry to hear uh, that. But my dad. Uh, is 83 years old. God bless. Just a great guy, you know, but never grew up with any affection, you know, uh, and I never felt unloved. Me but either. I never heard him say, I love you. We never hugged or anything like this. And when I was around 17 or 18, uh, I just made the determination I was going to start. I don't know why. Uh, and around 17 or 18, I started. So every time I'd see him, you know, we'd leave, I'd give him a hug. Yeah. And it was like so uncomfortable, you know? And uh, now I'm in my 50s. My dad's in his, in his early 80s. And, uh, but every time now I hug him and I kiss him on the cheek yeah. and, and now he says, I love you every single time. But you know, he never heard that from his dad and, and he My made his too. parenting better than he received. Yeah. And we're trying to do the same thing, right? You know, you making know, sure it's, it's interesting. So I, you know, I, my dad was not religious and, and, and I, he, he's starting to ask questions and get there and I love it. Right. It's, awesome. it, it's, it's amazing. But I think as a parent leader, mm-hmm. right. Cause we're, we're, we're supposed to be the men of our household. That's right. right. That's hard in and of itself. Right, right. Trying to be a parent and remembering back what it was to be a kid mm-hmm. and how you felt and not wanting to overlap certain things. I got to tell you, man, what a, what a trap. It's a minefield. It's, it is. It, it really is. And like, listen, I, the, the, the funny joke of my house is how bad am I messing my son up? Like, how much therapy will he really need? Because I try to be the, the best dad humanly possible, but... When you're following it from a biblical perspective, sure. brother, it, it is a different playbook. That's right. It, 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 it is. Well, I mean, and when you know it's not from you, you know, it, it's, it's so interesting right now. So our, our theme for this upcoming year is our identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And as I've been studying through different facets of that, Ephesians 2.10, for we know we're the workmanship of God. Um, you know, so we, we, like, as I've been studying through different facets of that, just understanding that you know what our world is in dire need of is the anchor that holds, right? Uh, as I was going through and doing a couple of master's degrees earlier on in life, one of the things that was most offensive to people, it was all at public universities, and, and uh, the idea of absolute truth is just like, it, like it's, it's like fight-inducing, like, you yeah. know, like blood vessels throbbing on professors' How necks. dare you disagree with how the human dare, perspective? Right, how dare we have an absolute truth? But, but here's the thing, right? What happens when a world lives with no absolute truth? That nothing is secure. Nothing is known. And, and the beautiful part is that our relationship with Christ, which is exactly what you're saying, that becomes the anchor that holds. That becomes the thing that makes your relationship with Robin make sense and makes your parenting role with Finn make sense and makes that corporate law office make sense and your relationship to your team make sense. Why? Because there's an identity that holds. Listen, I, I wish I knew that 41 years ago. And me too. How about it? You know, it, it really... I'm in a weird time in my life. I certainly hope I'm not near the mid yet, right? Um, but I'm reflecting. If Finn goes to middle school this year, when did that happen? <laughs> you know, you know, and and right. I'll, I'll you know, plug for Hebrew Christian Academy. What an incredible school. But you all did not prepare me as a father to realize <laughs> he's now an adult. That's right. When did that happen? That's right. And I'm looking at him now. He just did overnights at college mm-hmm. um, for, for a baseball camp and then overnight at 12 Stone for two nights. I haven't seen my kid in seven days. And he comes back, and he's not like this little snuggly monster. Right. He's this smelly, 
you know, preteen, <laughs> yes, right, and schooler. I'm like, what happened? Right. And I'm really starting to question everything through the lens of God, because I'm looking back at the last 12 years and I never want to have a regret, right? Like as a leader, I don't think you should ever have a regret. That's right. You make a mistake, own it, fix it immediately, apologize, right. never let it be repeated. So as a, as a dad of two adult children, uh, my daughter's 25. She's a very successful nurse. Her husband is a pastor at 12 Stone, as a matter of fact. Well, you said husband, uh, and I'm already like, oh. Yeah, yeah, her, yeah her, hus- <laughs> her husband's a pastor. Our youngest is a senior at UGA uh, and uh, studying math, and he's probably going to go into Christian education just like his old man. That's amazing. And, uh, but as, as somebody who's been through it, I'll tell you, there's a lesson that I learned. I learned it later, and I wish I had learned it earlier. But I, I have a phrase that I say, I'm going to speak with question marks rather than exclamation points. And what, what I mean by that is the, the whole mindset of, I think uh, I was spoken to with edicts an awful lot, like, you, you know, do this or don't do that. Yeah. <clears throat> Instead of saying, hey, hey, James, when you did this, hey, how come you did that? Explain that process to me. You know, now Finn's such a dynamite kid. I mean, he's such a great kid and, and just We're talented in so many areas. But speaking to him, he with also thinks marks, dad's the dumbest human being alive. So, you know, <laughs> you, listen, the I apple learned, did not you, fall far from the tree. You'll get smart again around his freshman year in college. I'm just telling you. Well, that's good, yeah, right? So, you will. The middle school years, you just kind of hold on for the battle. But, but it's that idea of, of speaking yeah. with, with question marks and just inquisitive where, where you're just asking. And that, that really and truly changes things. So You, you know what, what I've started doing, and, and, and that is excellent advice. I have started doing that. I've taken my management style at the company. And applied that to parenting. And brought it home. Because of the company, listen, it is my job, I, I, I believe, that there's no bureaucratic anything. Mm-hmm. There should mm-hmm. never be politics in a company. You're there to do a job. You're either doing it or you're not. If That's you're right. not, I think you're stealing. Right? But do your job, do it well, and I want to give you all the tools to be able to do it. And they do it great. Right? So do I. And that's wonderful. What I want to make easy for everyone, I, it's horrible to feel questioned. Mm-hmm. So I never want to question anyone. I want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So I, I've been trying to listen more great. and ask more questions. Listen, man, with as busy mm-hmm. as we can be on the leadership side, that's hard. That's that right. can turn a two-minute phone conversation into two hours. That's right. But, but that is also the joy of leadership. I think that's right. I mean, that's the challenge, right? I think that's hey, that's right. a great place for us to close out our segment. Joel, I appreciate you, man. Thank I you. appreciate as a friend, as a brother. Uh, I know that we, we're kind of two years in on what I hope to be a very long yes. relationship. And uh, just excited about seeing what this journey looks like. And it's so important for, you know, I want people to see the idea we don't need to know what's 17 steps ahead. Just be faithful in the next one. Amen. If we're faithful in the next one, then God will provide that, that path. So, Joel, hey, it's a, pro, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, James. And uh, thank you so much appreciate for your friendship. It's my I appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Joy of Leadership podcast, where we emphasize the blessings of leadership and our call to this vital role. 